and welcome back in Stripe Show Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. It is Players Championship Week. That's right. Here in my backyard, about a driver, three wood, three wood, three wood, three wood, five wood, six iron away from me right now, right across the intercoastal TPC Sawgrass place that I know very, very well. As many of you know, before I moved over to Golf Channel and kind of started my own stuff, I was the director of instruction uh, for the PGA Tour Academies and did my instruction at TPC Sawgrass. We actually built that academy there. It's a beautiful place now Um, and played the golf course a many of times. I actually got married at TPC Sawgrass on the back lawn as well to my beautiful wife, Amber Fulton. So we have a lot of um, memories at TPC Sawgrass and always enjoy this tournament, the best field in golf coming here to battle it for the Players Championship. We're going to get to that tournament, uh, but I want to start the podcast today. And it's just me. There's no guest. You're just going to have to look at my mug because, well, we're here in my backyard. We went from Bay Hill. Now we're up to Ponte Vedra. I know these courses well, and I've got a lot to say. And I actually played some golf last week. In fact, three days in a row, people, three days in a row, I played golf. I haven't done that. I can't even remember when. My body's telling me that right now uh, because I made a lot of swings over those three days. Uh, kicked it off here on Friday. A place called Glen Kernan, private club here. Great layout. I think it's one of the best layouts in the greater Jacksonville area. Went out there, got some rust knocked off to go down and play in the PGA memes tournament shingle Creek in Orlando on Saturday, had a great time should follow at PGA memes on Instagram. It's funny stuff. And he does a great job with his tournament. They raised $25,000 for play yellow, which is a charity for kids. That's ran by Jack and Barbara Nicholas raised 20,000 last year. 25,000 this year and uh, just had a great experience. It looked like it was going to pour as if you were watching Bay Hill, Bay Hills, you know, probably, I don't know, 15 miles away from Shingle Creek. And uh, there was a lot of dark clouds coming in, but it never rained. We dodged a bullet on Saturday. The winds were up. Our team, as many of you know, Samantha Marks works for me here at Travis Fulton Golf. She was on our team. What a player she is and what a competitor she is. Alex Wolfick, who also works for me, was on our team. He hit some great shots, got fitted uh, for a PXG driver. We were out in um, Scottsdale for the for the Golf Channel event called Showcase Event, and he got dialed in with some equipment there. And let me tell you something, that driver has changed his game. I'm hitting the driver as well, and I love it. I absolutely love it um, in, in a little more distance, and I think even a little more accuracy as well. So anyway, we... Those were those two are on my team. And then Jim McCarthy, a good friend of mine, uh, rounded out our team. We finished T7, uh, 18 under par, the winning team, 22 under par, 22 under par, the winning team. Uh, Tim Burke, as many of you know, he was on that team, a long drive guy. Uh, Bobby, who runs um, the long drive account on Instagram, was on that team. And then another long drive guy and their fourth, wait for it, I believe he's on the Corn Ferry Tour. Okay, so they were stacked. They won it at 22. We were at 18. I thought that was okay, but it wasn't acceptable for Samantha as she was absolutely trying to get us to buck up and make more putts. 
and uh, she kept us uh, she kept us motivated and kept us going. So it was a lot of fun, and uh, we all we all contributed. We all hit a lot of good shots. And my takeaway in my game from those charity events or from those scrambles are tough because you know Samantha is such a great driver of the ball, and she got an advantage on some of the tees. I mean, she hits her drive, and she's you know I mean she's hitting it out there two hundred and fifty yards right down the middle every single time. So you're back there and you're just like swinging as hard as you can. Right. And I mean, and when I say that within reason, right. I mean, I'm really reaching back and trying to let it go. And and it's interesting. Sometimes I feel like one of my downfalls in my game is I can get, I can get limited in the turn, almost like I'm trying to steer it too much. Uh, I don't really turn and get behind it so much. And then when I come through, I tend to leave it a little open and block it, kind of get out ahead of it a little bit. And what I find is that sometimes if I just let it go, if I just say, look, loosen up your arms and hands, you know, turn this thing back and let it go, feel a little bit reckless and uncomfortable. And it's amazing if I can just give up a little bit of, um, I don't know, say, let's say control, perhaps that's the word I tend to hit it better. Right. So it's like, I've got to give up a little bit of control to gain control and certainly a little bit more distance down the range. So it's always something that I kind of battle that internal governor of saying, look, just make a full turn and get the speed up. Don't try to steer it. And that's what I tend to do sometimes is I tend to get short with the turn and then I can't get the face around. So I have to help it. And then I can start hitting it off to the left a little bit. So I drove it pretty decent. Um, I drove it pretty decent. And then I made a lot of putts. You know, I've been, I tell you, my putting has been really good as of late. And I'm normally an okay putter. Um, I putt left hand low. And for me, the keys for me in my putting, as I just kind of share with you some of the insights in my game, is I have to let it release a little bit. I will hang on through the stroke. And the hang on is, you know, you just kind of, you tend to kind of, you know, a little this way, you know, versus letting it, you know, letting the putter head kind of pass the lead wrist. Now you're not, you know, you're not doing this, but even with left hand low, that putter head, you know, there's gotta be a little give there where it feels like the putter head is going to pass that lead wrist a little bit at some point, maybe not as much if you're going conventional and the lead wrist was cupped, but point being, I can't hang on, right? I can't let the left arm drift away. The left wrist kind of turn to the sky. I've got to keep this left elbow in and let the lead wrist pass that elbow. And then of course the putter head passed the lead wrist a bit. So when I do that and I, and I give it that little shorter finish, just past the lead toe. And, you, and you've heard me talk many times on my site about that two to one ratio where maybe it's a little longer back and a little shorter through for me, when I'm really putting good, I'm getting just that little release to that little lower, tighter finish. I'm not letting it kind of drift. And when I get in touch with that, I feel like my line and my speed come together exactly how I want it. And I've made a ton of putts. I mean, a ton of putts. I'm using right now the new putter from Cure, Cure Putters, which I love. You should check them out if you're looking for something a little bit different. They look a little different. They feel a little different. They are, they are a fantastic putter. Um, and they really work for me. And I got to tell you something that the new model they came out with, I was, 
I was dropping some bombs, people. I mean, I made, I felt like Spieth a little bit for about an hour, you know, about four or five holes there in dropping some bombs. So that was a good day. We had fun. There was no rain for a great cause, PGA memes tournament. Then on Sunday, I went over to Lake Nona, uh, my favorite golf course in Florida. They had the, uh, the LPGA event there the week before, Nelly Corda won before the, the place is just incredible. I mean, it is such good shape. Love the layout and uh, played with, uh, with some people there and just had a wonderful time. I played one of the guys that was in my group uh, was Scott Ehrlich, who played on the Corn Ferry Tour. It's called the Nationwide when he played. And uh, Ehrlich's a good player. He played at Maryland. Um, I think he was out there in the Nationwide for a little while. And uh, it was him and I and two others. And I, I played... I played pretty solid. It was, it was windy. As you saw in Orlando, uh, if you're watching Bale Hill coverage, I shot 74, um, you know, Scott shot 70 and it was just fun to like grind and, and you know, cause you know, you're, when you're playing with someone who's better than you, I, I, I always think that's a good thing because it kind of gets your attention. You focus a little bit more and you kind of watch their game and you could see the difference in just how much more polished as a tour player he is versus someone like me, who's, you know, I'm a decent player, but I'm not that level of player. And uh, you could just see the polish of, you know, the iron game was a little more crisp, the shorter shots, um, a little more crisp. I think his putting was pretty close, probably in, in rolling the putter. Um, but he didn't make the mistakes that I made and a few of the mistakes that I made throughout the round um, when it came to some of the approach game and some of the up and downs uh, that were requiring that really finesse wedge shot, which is a shot that, I have learned since moving to Florida over 20 years and letting that wedge kind of pass a little bit. And as I'm sharing some instruction here on the Stripe Show podcast on a Monday, and we're going to get to the players here in a second, but letting that wedge pass the lead wrist and not drag that handle through, which I tend to do. And it's similar to what I do um, with the putter. So as you've heard me talk many times in letting that bounce work, letting the, the wedge pass the lead wrist and making sure the chest is turning through and that we're not backing up. I tend to back up sometimes. Uh, in fact, I tend to on, on wedge shots, I'll take it back and my head will even kind of drift a little left and then back to the right. If I'm really not paying attention, sometimes I can get into that. And that is not a good move at all. You don't want your head going left and then right when you're trying to hit a finesse off a 30 yard sticky shot, you know, from, from a Bermuda type fairway. I mean, that just doesn't work. So I, you know, I was happy with kind of the way I hit those shots for the most part. I hit a lot of, you know, really good wedge shots. Some of them, I didn't hit the right distance, but I hit it the right way. And that's important to me when I'm saying, look, here's what I'm trying to do. And then I do it and it's like, okay, I'm 15 feet short, but it was a good shot. Like you can dial in that rate of turn and the distance. Uh, and that's where the reps come in and really getting that right. So I was really happy with that. I made a little adjustment in my swing. This will be the last thing I'll talk about um, when it comes to my game. And this is something that I've, I've kind of been battling a little bit um, with my swing is that sometimes I will get the face a little, a little too rotated going back. I'll kind of get it a little inside sometimes and the face will kind of open up. And then when I come down instinctively, I know I've got to, you know, I, I have to let it out to close it a little bit. 
I can't just turn and lean the shaft forward. The face will be a little open. And that's where I hit that little block. So I have to let it out. And I kind of let it out, get the face back around. And I tend to flight it a little too high and that doesn't work in the wind. And it was very windy on Sunday at Lake Nona down in the Rhino area as it was on Bay Hill. So I was really conscious of, look, I'm going to make sure that I, that I'm going to get this face more shut at the top. Something I talk about with a lot of people on my site at Travis Fulton golf, of course, on Instagram, you should go there because there's a lot of free information there. And I talk about the preparation of that face through the lead hand. So I was really conscious of it, getting that face more close. And then just from there being instinctive, turning and hit it. And I hit the ball really quite well. I, I hit the ball very good, drove it well for the most part, hit a lot of good iron shots, um, you know, and just the, the, the mental lapses that I always have when it comes to just little things, um, that, you know, then you get those silly bogeys, right? And I had three bogeys, only one birdie. I'm good for two or three birdies, but I only had one that day. It was tough. It was with the wind and uh, getting close. The greens were just so good and fast. And it was just an absolute treat uh, to play Bay Hill. It was a treat to play the three days in a row as uh, I'll be taking a little rest here and back to work as the Players' Championship comes to town. Of course, they just came up here at 95 after completing Bay Hill on Sunday as Bryson DeChambeau got the win. And I got to tell you, when I was out on the course on Saturday, it was really cool when Samantha showed me the video when Bryson drove it on six, you know, it just, it's, it, it was just, it was really, really cool. Um, you know, Bryson can be a little quirky. There's a lot of people that want to bring him down and haters, but he is an entertainer. Bottom line, Bryson DeChambeau, is an entertainer and he is just wonderful for golf. I look at this video and he's got, he's got his arms up and he's going like this. And I just had the biggest smile on my face because I knew probably whoever won that tournament, if Westwood won that tournament, the bigger story was probably going to be Bryson anyway in driving or darn near driving the green on six, just short there, uh, green side. I mean, what an accomplishment, you know, I mean, that's just, that's just crazy. I've played Bay Hill many times and you're standing there and you're just like, my goodness, like you have to, you know, obviously you have to have the speed to be able to pull that off, but then to actually do it in a tournament in the course of play, um, is just a lot of courage. And, and I just tip my hat to him and what he's done with his game. Chris Como, of course, one of his coaches, I had him on the podcast last year, uh, when he won in July, I can't remember exactly the tournament, but it won, but it was right after he won that event and he came on and we talked about some of the things that they were doing to create more speed and the benefits of that. Right. Cause we know, we know that this distance is huge when you're hitting shorter clubs into greens, but you're also seeing the distance really is huge when you grow the rough up like that. And basically Bay Hill was very similar to what we saw at the U S open long course, 74, 7,500 yards, a lot of rough and Bryson won both of them. Um, and, and, and just look, you can, you can make courses longer, just plays more into those guys that have length, but the rough as well, it just another advantage for those that have that speed. And Bryson hit a couple shots out of the rough that I think he was probably the only one in the field that could create that kind of speed to hit that shot and recover out of the rough. So as you start looking at these big ballparks, if there's going to be rough, 
that's where these big hitters really have an advantage. Now, with that said, what's interesting about Bay Hill, and I talked about this leading up to the tournament are the dog legs and how you play the dog legs really kind of brings everyone into the field here. I mean, you've seen a lot of different winners at Bay Hill. I mean, Matt Every's won twice here. He's not a big hitter. Uh, Rory's won here. Tiger's won here eight times. I mean, those are big hitters. So you, you kind of get a little bit of bull, just as you, you're going to get at TBC Sawgrass when you come up here. Yes, Rory's won here. Yes, Tiger's won here. Yes, Adam Scott's won here. But Fred Funk's won here. Tim Clark has won here. So these courses at a Bay Hill up to TPC Sawgrass, you, you kind of get everybody in the field that has a chance to win. And at Bay Hill, yes, the length and the rough plays into the, the longer hitter, but the dog legs really, I think, start to spread it out even a little bit more and how much you want to cut off those dog legs. The bottom line is you've got to be in the fairway. And if you're in the fairway, then you can, you can score as Lee Westwood did and played some really good golf. You know, how do you handicap Lee Westwood coming into that event and saying, look, he's going to be right there. In fact, on the, on the, what was it? The 69th hole, the par five, he's going to have a chance to tie for the lead and he missed it. So he was right there. He played some wonderful golf and you look at their stats and you look at Bryson averaging 321 yards off the tee. Westwood at 292 yards. I mean, that is a huge gap, 29 yards of, of, of difference off the tee. Can you imagine 30 yards every time you tee it up, you know, you're going to be behind that guy. What an advantage for Bryson, but I think kudos to the course as well in producing these, these two types of players, one doing it with distance. The other one doesn't have the distance doing it from the fairway, more of the plotter, the approach shot, minimize the mistakes. And he was right there with a chance to win. You look at Bryson's game now, and as you kind of start to spin it forward, as I've said many times with Bryson and breaking down his game, statistically, you know, strokes in off the tee, he is going to chew you up. That is darn near a guarantee now when Bryson tees it up. He was seven strokes in positive strokes in off the tee at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. He was positive 4.3 at Mexico. He did not play good at the Genesis, missed the cut. Tournament of Champions, plus 6.5. Shriners, plus 5. U.S. Open, plus 5.3. So you're just getting an average of 5, 5.5. Every time you tee it up, put it in the bank, Bryson's distance is going to, to take over, right, off of the tee when it comes from a stroke scan perspective. Now, where Bryson, it'd be interesting to ask him, through this pursuit of distance, working with Chris Como, working with Kyle Berkshire, have you neglected perhaps a little bit of the approach game? Maybe not as much time refining the iron game uh, when it comes to when it comes to working on those as well, right? Because you can only be doing one thing at a time. And if you're just wailing on drivers and working out, well, that's going to take away from some of the other parts of the game. Because his approach game coming into this hadn't been sharp. That's been really his, his weakness to this point. In fact, the last time he had a very good approach week, strokes and approach, was the U.S. Open. He was positive 7.5 there. Of course, he won this week here at Bay Hill, positive 4.2. Before that, three, three consecutive tournaments in the red, losing strokes in the approach game. And, and even though he hits it as far as he does, you know, you're not going to win tournaments, really, when you're, when you're that 
in your losing strokes in the approach game, because this is a ball striking tour. You have to win in strokes gain approach. It's the number one stat each and every week for the most part, certainly going to be the number one stat next week at TPC Sawgrass. So a good week in the approach game, and perhaps he's putting a little more time into it. I don't know. Um, but it'd be interesting to ask him that. I think the finesse was back around the greens, strokes hand around the greens, positive 1.2, and then putting, decent week. Strokes hand putting, positive 2.7. When he won the U.S. Open, uh, it was positive 4.5. So, you know, Bryson, we know, is a, is a good putter. Um, he's been a little up and down probably as of late coming into this. Uh, I take that back. He had a good week last week at WGC Mexico, positive 3.6. And now another good week with the Arnold Palmer, positive 2.7. So who knows Bryson coming into the players championship, um, you know, a golf course that's going to take his driver out of his hand, probably at least four or five times. Um, so not ideal, right? Cause he wants to play a course where I can take my driver and just hit it. TPC Sawgrass. There's some holes like number three, uh, like number six, uh, like number 10 that you're really playing to a spot. Now it would be interesting on six. If he, if he decides to go for it, it gets very narrow up there with the water on the left, but it'd be doable. It'd be interesting to see maybe if he does try to hit his driver there, but for the most part, that's just three holes where he's going to be hitting iron um, off of the tee. And, um, you know, you start thinking about some of the other holes, you know, maybe even 14, he may not need driver there. Um, Might just hit three wood down there. Um, 18, probably just hit three wood there as well. So golf course that kind of levels the playing field and we've seen it play out that way with the types of winners. One guy, that knows TBC Sawgrass very well. He is the defending champion. Keep in mind that is Rory McIlroy as this is when everything started to shut down in the country a year ago was at the players championship COVID. They called him off after the first round. Rory won it the year before that. He will come back now as the defending champion. I want to talk about Rory here just for a second. You know, Rory is no question. One of my favorite players, on the PGA tour. I love Rory. In fact, I I got to play with him at the Arnold Palmer invitational. Let's see, four years ago, somewhere in there uh, in the pro-am. What a wonderful guy. I mean, the guy was just off the chart, professional, approachable, the whole bit. I just, he, he is such a great guy and such a great player and someone who to me just continues to look like he's in that funk a little bit. You know, he's just, He's just having a hard time getting all of the engines going open up with a nice round on Thursday, 66, but even his press conference there, you could see he was, yeah, but I kind of, you know, just held it together, right? Pieced it together. It wasn't this free flowing, all systems go letting it right. And when you think if Rory's struggling, the first thing you think about, well, it's gotta be his putting. Well, his putting's okay. At WGC Mexico, he's positive 2.5. Uh, at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, positive 3.7. So his putting's been really quite good. Um, now, Genesis, he didn't putt well. A lot of people struggled at the Genesis, though. Uh, he missed the cut, negative 4.3. That was an issue. But you look at this run of tournaments since the Tour Championship, and he's putting okay. Not great, but okay. Positive 3.7 is nothing to be ashamed of at the Arnold Palmer, especially with the wind kicking up the way it did. Uh, on the weekend. 
where Rory's struggling is really in his ball striking. I mean, his ball striking um, is just inconsistent. You know, he's, he, you'll see some signs and then you'll see these just big misses and, and just really bad approach wedge shots. And it's just, it's really, it's difficult to really put your hand on. Is it a lack of focus? Is it um, something from a technique standpoint that he's kind of caught in the middle of? He alluded after the round that he's got to have to do something different. So is he working on something and he's not happy with the, the performance of that? And now he needs to change direction, perhaps a different set of eyes. Who knows? Um, but, but the point is, is that Rory, I think, through this is shooting some big numbers with his B or C game. There's not a lot of grind going on here. Uh, with Rory, you know, I, I think that's the one thing that that kind of stands out to me is it's almost he he looks I don't want to say he looks defeated as he's talking about his game, uh, but there's certainly no look. I know my game's on good shape here, but I'm going to grind it out and I'm going to put up a number, a number that's not a 77, 76, 75, but but a 72 or a 73, and that's always one of the things when you watch professional golfers is that they're so good at, they will take really rounds that look like they're going to get away from them. Say they're going to shoot four or five over and all of a sudden they get to the house at even or minus one. Jordan Spieth is incredible at that. Jordan Spieth is probably the best along with tiger, of course, that I've seen in my time that just takes these rounds. Even when he was struggling and couldn't do anything. Somehow he was getting to the house and shooting even par. I can remember when he said something at the U S open and he says, you know, it's really tough to play U S open golf course when you stand on the tee and you have no idea where it's going to go. And I think that round he shot one under. Um, so he's, he's able to just kind of accept, look, this is, I'm not, I don't have my game, but I'm going to find it and I'm going to grind and I'm going to grind it all the way to the end. I just don't see that with Rory right now. I, I, I just don't see it. And it's kind of disappointing in many ways um, that he's, I don't want to say he's throwing the towel in, but the fight isn't in there. The grind isn't in there. And those rounds are getting away from him. Uh, and there's some bigger scores. Strokes gain off the tee, it's just not good enough right now when you look at the length that he hits it. He's right there just under Bryson DeChambeau. He's one of the best drivers in the game. Strokes stand off the tee, he was 0.2 at Arnold Palmer. WGC Mexico, positive 2.7. Genesis, 0.9. You know, at that length, these are he's just, he's just not taking advantage at all. The approach game, eh, you know, it's it's been okay. Positive 1.8. Arnold Palmer Invitational, positive 3.8. He lost a half a shot in short game. So I look at this, yeah, it's not Rory numbers, but it's not, you know, off the tee is probably the most glaring to me. He's not he's not taking advantage of, of what, who he is and sets up his game, which is his driver. Uh, the approach game, certainly some room for, for some uh, improvement, but the putting has been good. And it's just these numbers, like they just don't match up. You know, it's like, it's not that bad to be shooting the numbers that we've been seeing from Rory McIlroy. So, you know, he's going to come back here and defend. I don't know. I'd like to see a little fight. I'd like to see a little grind from Rory. Yeah. When everything's good, and the mojo is going, I mean, yeah, he, he shoots a number, but when it's not, eh, you know, I'm not saying he's throwing the talon, but there's not a lot of fight there. So hopefully Rory can turn it around because Spieth is turning it around. Spieth's grinding. 
You know, he's not have to grind quite as hard as he was when his driver was going everywhere, but Spieth is grinding. I mean, he is starting to turn it around. Another tournament in contention. Now he comes to the players. He hasn't had a good record here. This is not probably the best course for him. Um, but I think for Spieth, you're just, you're just seeing confidence growing. And I appreciate watching Jordan Spieth so much because that guy can score. He gets the most out of his game. Um, there's rounds that I just like, he's got to be four over and he's one under. And, uh, and I think Rory needs to take a page of that and get back to that a little bit um, and show some fight, show some grind, that intensity level back up. Because I'll tell you with Bryson, he's bringing it. He's bringing the intensity right now. I love the intensity. I love that he hit that shot and put his arms up in the air and pointing and screaming and high five him. You can see when the putts go in, he's, you know, he's, he's pumped up. He's fired up. I love that. It matters right now to Bryson more than it does for Rory. I, I think that's, that's understood. There are different phases of their life. Rory married with a kid, Bryson banging balls with the moon out on a Saturday night in Bay Hill. He's got nothing. I, mean, he, maybe, I don't know. Maybe he does have a girlfriend. I don't know. Um, but it sure looks like it's just all in for golf and guys get to different phases of their life and they just can't do that because you have other responsibilities. So I get that. And I'm sensitive to that. But at the end of the day, Bryson's bringing it. I mean, he is bringing it right now, full board to these guys in your face. Here it comes. I got distance and, and kind of uh, he's hinting to the fact that I've, I've got a little bit more too. <laughs> you know, I got a little bit more that I could kind of tap into. And, and, and even better than that, I could probably just scale it down a little and kind of bunt a driver out there like 310. That's my little fairway finder. Um, so it's just, it's impressive stuff. Bryson approach game cleans it up like he did at WGC putts respectively well as he usually does. He's going to be right there. And he is becoming a prolific closer. This guy hit some great shots down the stretch. I tell you, it's just, it's hard to fully appreciate just how good that stretch was coming in. He got a bad break on 16 makes five Westwood, you know, could have tied him right there, but big iron shot on 17, 17 is a tough golf hole. I mean, it is a tough golf hole long, uh, you see the speed come into play there for Bryson in his long iron game. Uh, no one hit it closer than Bryson. In fact, I think the next person from outside of 200 yard, which is, you know, the big, big par threes there and some of the longer shots into the greens with like, was like eight feet proximity. He was eight feet closer than the field. I believe something like that. I have to double check that, but it's in that range from outside of 200 yards. I mean, that's just crazy. Uh, what an advantage that is to have that kind of speed. And uh, he had a big time shot at 17 and a big time shot at 18. That back right pin, that green, that is an intimidating shot. I mean, it really is. And uh, he just put it right in there. Two putts gets his win. And uh, now they come up here to the players championship, which I'm excited about. Um, and want to finish up here with the pod quickly, just giving you a little bit of background here about TPC Sawgrass, how the course is going to play. As you know, um, I have a show. It's called Cash Out with the Coaches. We do a sports pub media launches on uh, every Tuesday. Check it out. Sports pub media cash out with the coaches. I'll give you my picks on who I'm going to be playing uh, into TBC Sawgrass, the players championship. I certainly like John Rom here. You know, John Rom kind of just workman like right now, pretty pedestrian, but nothing, 
you know, just you kind of get the feeling with John, it could, things could just start to kind of go his way here and, and he could take this thing to the next level. This is a great spot for him. He was right there with Rory battling with him two years ago, made the bad decision on 11, tried to go for it out of the bunker, hit it in the water, made six, couldn't rebound. Rory got the win. Like John Rom, like Patrick Cantley, I think those are two guys for me from a chalk standpoint um, that I'll be looking at, but I'll also be giving you some picks down there with, uh, with some more odds. But TBC Sawgrass, of course, designed uh, by Pete Dye. And, um, you know, this is a golf course. When you think of TBC Sawgrass, visual intimidation is a big deal here. Pete Dye is probably the best at it. You stand on the tee. The fairway looks like it's not even there. It looks very small. You always have a little bit more room than you think with the fairways um, at TPC Sawgrass. The rough, I don't think it's going to be too long here. I think they grew it up a little bit last year. So maybe we'll see a touch, but I don't think it's going to be that long. It's certainly not going to be what we saw at Bay Hill, but the visual intimidation off the tee is real. Having your lines, staying committed to that and, and making good swings uh, to that. And for the most part, um, you know, around the greens, of course, you're going to be challenged with some finesse shots. Um, the aprons really kind of stretch out here. So you can kind of putt from off the green here, probably more so than some of the other courses, but with the rough, not being overly long, you know, guys can manage most situations, but again, there will be some challenging short game shots depending upon where you are. Um, but nothing too crazy, right? I mean, this is a golf course, um, that you can make birdies and you can get it going here. And especially if the wind is down. I think the weather is going to be very good this week. Um, I think the course is going to play firm and fast, um, but you can kind of get it going here, right? And 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 make some birdies. Now, if the wind does pop up and they bake it out a little bit, of course, it's going to play um, a little bit more difficult. Uh, but as a golf course, that's not going to, you know, it's not overly long. Um, a golf course that's going to be in perfect shape. Uh, a golf course that you have to kind of be strategic off the tee. It's going to take the driver out of your hands on certain holes uh, and kind of, you know, bring the playing field a little bit more even with some of the longer hitters to perhaps some of the shorter hitters. And we've seen that play out here um, with the winners here. Um, I look at TPC Sawgrass and I think you have to, You've got to be, you got to take care of the par fives, right? Like you do at most courses. The easiest hole in the course is 16 par five dog leg left around the corner. That's when you start to enter the stadium. You hit a good drive there. And now you're faced with probably like a me, like a medium to long iron um, into the green. Most guys just play it off to the left there and then two putt and get out of there. Uh, 537 yards. Second easiest hole is number two. Par five, 532 yards. Um, you got to hit a, you know, you got to hit a little right to left shot there as you do on 16. So that's something to look at, you know, guys that maybe struggle a little bit with the right to left shot off the tee, the draw. Um, those are two holes where you need it. You got to turn it right to left. And if you can do that on number two, then you can get there in two pretty easily. And guys will just, you know, usually be a little bit more aggressive into that green. And depending upon where the pin is, they'll miss it in the right spots and they can get that up and down. Pretty easy for birdie as well. 30 is easy. It holds 11. I love 11 par five, um, 539 yard big, probably the widest tee area. You just step up there and just hit it as hard as you can down there. And then just a wonderful second shot into this green that kind of sits sideways and uh, just a fabulous place to watch shots. These second shots coming in. 
you got to take care of business there on that one. Um, and then, uh, then it gets down to 12, which they redid short par five drivable. It's fun. They did a good job with it. Um, and you know, they're enticing the guys to go for it here. They, they'll, they'll put the T, um, to, to encourage them to try to go for it. And then you get down to number nine par five, 575 yards, the, the most difficult of the par fives, but a good drive up the left side. Um, you know, then you can just bust your second shot up there to the front, get it up and down and get out of there. Um, you certainly with the increase in length over the years, you've seen more balls now on that green, uh, into, but a hole that you're not going to see a ton of Eagles by any stretch of the mean, but you've got to make your birdie. So you got to take care of your par fives. Um, the hardest one, of the course is 18, especially in March because it's going to be playing into the wind. Of course, the wind swirling in 17 is always fun. 17 is the ninth rated hole on the course, ninth hardest. Um, and the first, the hardest is number 18. Second hardest hole is 14. Par four, difficult driving hole. Remember when Tiger uh, popped up his drive and I was standing right there, actually popped his drive up and it went down. It was the worst shot I think I've ever seen Tiger hit. It was crazy. Everybody stand the rope and he hits it and it goes straight up in the air. And it's drawing off to the left and it almost goes into the water. Remember that? No, I did go in the water. I'm sorry. I did go into the water. And then he had to take the drop and it was on this side hill line. I'm telling you, I was standing right there. Side hill lie takes his three wood grips down on it. And it was the greatest shot I've ever seen in, 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 in my life in person. Rips his three wood right to the front of the green, gets it up and down. That was this, that's when he won uh, for the second time at the players championship. That was the worst shot I've ever seen. Tiger hit followed by the greatest shot I've ever seen. Tiger head with the three wood side hill lie. The ball is like leveled to his face. It was absolutely nuts. That hole is so intimidating off the tee. Watch 14. It is, it is just an intimidating hole. Fairway doesn't look that big. You got the moguls on the right. You'll see a lot of guys blast it, right? Try to get down into the swell over there by 12. Um, just a brutal hole. The third hardest hole is eight. They've done some nice work on eight. The green complex is much bigger now. I think it's, 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 uh, it's just a lot cleaner. These have these huge like mounds on both sides. You get in the bunker and it was just a mess. Um, and so this, this whole very long big boy par three, make your par uh, and get out of there. The fourth hardest hole um, is five. Five is a great hole. Again, T's kind of sit back the, the, the fairway goes up and then it crests and then it comes back down and all you can see. And, and, and this is where Pete dies. So good. All you can see is like this little sliver of the fairway. So it doesn't look like there's much there. It looks like everything just kind of runs off, but you do have some room and, and, and you see the water on the right in the bunker. And he's just, you're just like, man, I okay. Just take your spot and hit it. Don't look at all that stuff. There is a fairway there. It's just really easy to get your wheel spinning off of the tee here. It's a real thing. Um, and five certainly has that intimidation as does number 14 has that intimidation as does 17 has that intimidation because it's just this grain sitting there floating and you have to hit it. There's a lot of balls, of course, that go in the water. You're going to see some wrecks on this golf course. I think there's 17 or 18 different pieces of water around on this golf course. And of course, 17 is the iconic one as we see so many things play out there over the years and the great finishing hole on the 18th. So 
I'll give you um, some more insight on the kind of player that I'm going to be taking uh, in my picks this week. Certainly going to be looking at someone from a strokes gain approach standpoint. We know that's the most important stat. Certainly going to be looking at strokes gain, putting, Bermuda. Um, going to be looking at that. That's kind of your one and one A here. And then I think underneath that, you you could probably move down strokes gain off the tee and strokes gain around the green, depending upon what the rough situation is going to be. I'm going to kind of, I think I'm going to shrink those down a little bit and really get me a ball striker in the approach game and give me someone who's got a good track record um, putting at this particular venue or, or maybe on Bermuda um, as we'll be seeing this week at TPC Sawgrass. So I'm fired up. I appreciate you uh, listening in here. Stripe show podcast. Got a great, great week ahead. Full content at Travis Fulton golf. Uh, go check it out on Instagram and uh, another podcast coming at you on Wednesday. I'm not going to tell you who that is, but you don't want to miss it. And then Samantha Marks will be back on Friday for the happy hour express. Have a great day. Thank you for watching the Stripe Show podcast.